kids, they said. It will be fun, they said. Who the heck are they, anyway? As moms, we sacrifice a lot for our families, our time, our health, our wallets, our identity, friendships, personal care, and of course, our beloved sleep. Motherhood is a crazy ride, one that is not meant to be braved alone. It takes a village, right? Well, your village is here. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and every week I will be diving into the gray areas of motherhood with some very special guests. This is not the highlight reel, but the real deal. So reheat that cup of coffee, turn up the volume, and get ready for the reminder that you've got this, mama. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in today, everybody. To say I'm excited about today's episode and these guests would be a total understatement. I absolutely love today's topic because I think it is so important and something we all struggle with. The thought that mumming is a mindset, that in some way we have the ability to control our thoughts, our reactions, even in the craziest of chaos is kind of an exciting thought, right? I couldn't think of a better lineup than these three besties to share their journeys and experiences on how you how we can consciously change our perspective, even in the toughest times. These women have become personal friends of mine over the past year. They're members of the original Mama Tribe. Woohoo! Uh, so please help me welcome Jessica Jansen Olstad, Kristen Hallett, and Jody Tilly. Hi, ladies. Oh, Hi, Sabrina. Hi. Hello. Hey, thanks for hopping on. So I'm going to start by introducing Jess. Jess is the co-founder of the Love for Lewiston Foundation, which, has, which was established a year and a half ago in honor of their son, Lewiston, who passed away three days shy of his six-month birthday from a rare genetic disease called spinal muscular atrophy, also known as SMA. They have raised over $350,000 for the Alberta Children's Hospital Foundation and Church and Families. Yes, it's so amazing. (laughs) They not only focus on raising money and finding a cure, but also advocating and supporting families and encouraging others to choose movement, bring joy and spread love. Jess has a really awesome clothing line, which I am personally obsessed with. It is produced locally to continue awareness for SMA. She blogs, she teaches fitness, she pursues all the things that make her heart sore. She loves spending time with her family, friends, a good cup of coffee, working out and soaking up the sunshine. Wow, how do you have time for all of that? Doesn't sleep. No, exactly. Her her daily focus is to always run towards the roar, which I absolutely love. Thank you so much for being here, Jess. Can't wait to learn more. And hear more. Yeah. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here too. Um, and I feel honored with that intro. So thanks for making my head want to explode. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's, it's so, you're so worthy of it. You are such a wonderful human and what you're doing is amazing. And I can't wait to dig a little deeper into that. Next, we have Kristen Hallett. Kristen also lives in Calgary and works for the Calgary Flames as their host. In case you live under a rock, she's kind of a big deal. She has worked behind, in front of the camera for over 10 years, including stints for Breakfast Television and CTV Morning Live Winnipeg. Kristen is the author of an amazing children's book called Be Love, which my kids absolutely adore, as well as co-author in our little bestseller, You've Got This Mama. Thank you so much for joining us as well, Kristen. Yeah, it's awesome. It's good to be here. I like this little foursome we got going. Yeah, it's so exciting. And to think I haven't actually met you guys in person just like blows my mind, but that's, that's for another podcast live. We'll do a live one. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, we have Jody. Hi, Jody. Hi there. Jody's lived in Canada for 22 years, but still calls herself a true blue Aussie. You'll hear the accent. It's amazing. <laughs> um, having born and raised there for the first 22 years of her life, Jody recently achieved one of her dreams and became an entrepreneur in the medical aesthetic space, opening Calgary's very first specialized injectables clinic. So cool. Her biggest dream of all to be a mom was realized three years ago, times two, when she had her little twin baby boys, Blake and Cruz. Jody thrives in the chaos of being a busy mom, an entrepreneur, and a and a devoted mom raising a couple of rowdy three nagers. Oh my gosh. They just turned three too, didn't they? They did just oh. two days ago. <laughs> Our last episode was about three nagers. So crazy, crazy stuff. I can't, I don't know how you do it. So anyway, welcome ladies. Thank you so much for taking the time. 
and agreeing to talk about such intimate details with us today. Our goal with this podcast is to open up space for the not so commonly talked about areas of motherhood. We call them the gray areas. And I would love to just dive right in. You three are seriously some of the most powerful and inspiring women I've ever met. And I'm just so glad you agreed to share your story with me and in the YGT Mama books and also with us on this podcast today. So hi. <laughs> hey, hi. girl. It's so good. It's so good to be on this platform with you. Yay. So I'm just going to dive right in. And I wanted to, all of you have done a really awesome job in very different and unique ways of sort of sharing your journey with the world. And I just want to know how that has has helped with your mindset and your growth. I mean, anyone who has followed along with your stories, whether it's been in the book or on Instagram, you know, they, they'll know. And maybe I'll get a little a little bit about your story, if you don't mind, too. And then just how has it helped you by sharing it publicly? We can start sure. with Jess. <laughs> okay, sorry. I just lost my earbud. So I was like, wait a second. Yes. We're together. I pulled it out of her ear because I'm a saboteur and wanted to be better on the podcast. How <laughs> um, it's getting vicious over here. Uh-oh. If you could see this right now, we're huddled over the tiniest coffee table and we're like knee to knee, hunched in little balls because the room's so small. So I love it so much because I'm in a closet. So <laughs> I think it's just like the visual of like, yeah, no life. one talks yeah. about the behind the scenes of getting the podcast. Here it is. <laughs> Yeah. Jess's answer. Also, this is our second time recording because the first one was an epic fail. Right so round two, here we go. So the question was in regards to sharing on social platform. Um, I started on Instagram, uh, which is my favorite, I think, social platform to share on. It's just so easy and natural for me. I started on there in 2012, right when I actually broke up with my husband, um, almost like to spite him. I'm not even sure why, but it's now <laughs> since I, I married him after that breakup, we got back together and we've been together ever since. Um, and you know, you just were sharing it originally, like to show your family that doesn't live in the same province as you is what's going on with your life. And oh, look at this fun thing that you're doing. And then when we got the diagnosis that our son Lewiston had spinal muscular atrophy, Type one, um, I, I honestly couldn't keep up with people asking how we were doing, which is an amazing problem to have. It's such a blessing to have people just care that much about you. And so I just started sharing and we announced, um, we got the diagnosis on August 11th. And that evening, um, I wrote our, our first post. And then from there, we just saw um, growth on my Instagram skyrocket. And now I think people follow, um, as you mentioned, Lewiston, unfortunately, did pass away. Uh, late in 2016, just three days shy of his birthday. But now I use that platform just to inspire other moms. I think probably my biggest following is is youngs and mom women, um, just about the realness of life. Um, you know, I post when I've got, you know, food in my teeth. I post when I have makeup on, when I don't have makeup on. I share kind of the stories of just all of the scenes of my life and how crazy and chaotic it is. But I love the chaotic mess that I've made for, for myself and our family. And it's been a a place for me to actually like journal where my heart is at and what I'm struggling with. And I think with that realness has just created a platform of support for me that I could have never asked for and just how people rally behind you and encourage you. Um, I have nothing but mad love for the gram. I mean, the algorithms always mess with your head (laughs) when you get out of that space and you just are open and raw and sharing. Um, I don't have the prettiest grid or like the most perfect feed, but my feed is real. Um, It's intentional and it's me that feels really good. And I couldn't, um, I'm not probably standing where I wouldn't be standing where I am today if it wasn't for the support of um, the community behind Instagram. It's just such a connector. And I love that so much because that's what we stand for at YGT Mama too. It's the reality of motherhood, right? It's not the Pinterest perfect version, you know, as you said, the prettiest grid, you know, comparison is known as the thief of joy, right? So if we're comparing our journeys to all of these picture perfect ones that aren't reality, it can really do a number on us, right? We're already dealing with so much mom guilt and mom shame and all of these things. So I really love what you're doing. I think you've really set a platform for people to connect and see the real you. And it's super inspiring knowing your story and what you've been through to see just, you're just a wonderful person. Thank you. I'm so, I'm really grateful to have connected with you. Thank you. Sabrina, I might add something, you know, I think like having the book, it was, it was a big undertaking, I think for all three of us, but I've never done anything like this before. And just 
being super vulnerable was a really scary thing and made me really nervous. And every time we had to get up and talk about our stories, like I would get so anxious inside and oh, people are going to know like the real me. It's easier to maybe sort of hide behind the book than talk about it. But when the book came out, like, and we were doing all these promotions, I, I've had so many people come up to me and I know Jess and Kristen have experienced the same thing, but that I, I didn't, I didn't really expect that kind of reaction for women to come up and say, wow, your story really, really helped me. Like there are times that I feel batshit crazy and that you put it out there and I could relate to you and that there was, you know, there was a happy ending and, and there's, there's a, a message behind what your story is about, like that really, really helped me. And I've had women coming up saying, can we go for coffee and talk more about it? Cause I feel crazy right now. And I think you're the one that I can relate to. And that just happens. It, it happened a lot during um, the launch of our book. And it was, it was really cool. It was so amazing to kind of see how putting yourself out there and, and being vulnerable could help so many other women. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't do as much public uh, Instagram and I don't blog, but just having the book there showed me that I'm really actually helping a lot of women who have been in my or are in my situation or are in the situation now that I was in is what I meant to say. Um, and just even a couple of weeks ago, I was biking with my kids on a side street. They were biking and I was just walking and this woman was walking towards me with a stroller And I had sunglasses on and my hair up in a bun and not very recognizable. And as she got closer to, she went, oh, my God, are you Jodi from the book? And I kind of joke about like, yeah, I'm Jodi from the book, like Jenny from the block. But (laughs) I went, yes. And like my heart just stopped because that's never happened to me. And I was like, how does she even know me? She goes, I heard you called your son. And because I must have called out to Cruz, stop, don't cross the road. And she goes, and then I realized like you're the author of the book. She goes, I just read your chapter last night. And like I was crying and I was in tears and I stopped, talked for her for as long as I could without letting my kids ride across the road and get run by a car. But it, it really affected me in a way that I was like, holy hell, like the book has really had an impact and sharing your stories, um, like Kristen and, and Jess have been able to connect with so many people with their stories. And I don't think I really realized that mine would connect with people in the same way, but that's been the best thing about going public. Jody, yes. I see, uh, Jody from the book remix coming drop. <laughs> um, and I'll tag on the end of that. And I just, I feel that any opportunity you have, to be vulnerable or sit with somebody who is bleeding out to you. Um, almost this spontaneous combustion happens that it's quite contagious because all of a sudden all the bullshit filters, uh, melt away and you're almost held accountable. And that's what Jody and Jess have done for me. They've held me accountable in a way that I can't really dish back bullshit when they are shamelessly unapologetically, um, momming. And uh, that's been so incredibly uh, inspiring and helpful for me, um, being the newest of the mom on the block um, between the three (laughs) of us. But um, that would, for me, when you talk about just sharing your stories, I think that once you say just one thing that's real, that maybe you've been holding back or aren't sure anyone else is feeling or experiencing, um, it, it is a, a trickle effect, whatever that platform might be that you say it on. And maybe it's across the table over coffee, but, um, it's, it's a game changer for sure. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And that's a good segue into another question I have for you guys. So we all hear about this infamous village, right? This, this, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village, a village. So what, what does village mean to you and how important has your village been throughout these difficult seasons that you've had to endure and you know is your village who you expected it to be Jess you're really good at leading off okay I did <laughs> I, I'm usually like me and Hal had a fight over who gets to say something and I'm I feel like I always interrupt I mean our journey has been insane um especially with the diagnosis of um you know a sick child that they you know we had a terminal diagnosis they said we're going to give your son less than a year 
Um, and he didn't even make the year. And we put out a call for help. Um, and I wasn't afraid um, to ask for help. You know, we lived in this bubble the first few weeks. I didn't even leave the house to go grocery shopping. And we had this rotation of, of friends um, that would come and, you know, uh, bring groceries, bring meals. And we couldn't have done it without them because um, if there's any medical moms listening to this, first off, I have the utmost respect and admiration for you. I always joke and say that God made our journey short because he knew I couldn't handle much more of this. And there's medical moms in the hospital fighting um, not only months, but years and years on end. And so my heart goes out to you, but it does take a village. And I have no shame in asking for help because people want to walk your journey with you and make the load lighter. And that's what happened um, from the meals to just people showing up, helping with childcare, um, really journeying. And for us, it was a defining moment of um, people really stepped up to the plate or it really made them uncomfortable. And some seasons um, and friendships changed. And I'm totally okay with that. I never hold that against anybody. Um, But people's, I think, true colors came out and you see who's um, able to walk that journey with you. Um, Jody is a prime example. Jody and I knew each other and had gone for coffee a couple of times, but I wouldn't call us booze and buddies, um, you know, prior to Lewiston. And she faithfully um, showed up at the hospital on a weekly basis with my hot coffee order, exactly how I like it, homemade gluten-free muffins. Um, She brought in Dean Brody, the country music singer, for a private concert in ICU. And then long after the fact, um, you know, people fall off and, you know, maybe forget to check in on you. Um, Grief never goes away. But Jody wouldn't miss um, uh, Lewiston's birthday or the day that he passed, you know, on that month. And on that day, she kept following up, checking in. How are you actually doing? And I think when you become a mom, your whole world shifts and your friendships may shift even too, because, you can't just care carelessly leave the house and, you know, come back whenever there's babysitters and babies and schedules and bottles and food and all of the moving parts. And so, um, I've seen friendship shifts. I've, I've seen friendships deepen. Um, and I'm thankful for all of that. And my encouragement is, is, um, reach out to the village. People want to help. And if you put a call out to help, people will step up. I think it's absolutely surprising, but I've never been let down or disappointed by the village. I'm always so grateful that people are willing to step out. And I remember Jess walked into a spin class one day and it was shortly after Lewiston's diagnosis and we were doing a charity ride. Um, and she stood up on the stage after at the end of the class and like everybody was in tears. And she said, you know, I never thought I'd be the one standing up here asking for your help, but today I'm, I'm asking for your help. And, you, you know, it stuck with me. It was just like, this dagger to my heart and was like, Oh my God, like she is so right. Any one of us could be standing up there at any point in our lives saying, I need you. And it was kind of like a, wasn't even a decision that I had to make. It was like, God, yes, I am going to be part of your tribe girl. Like I am going to do what I can because how can I not? And not only that, but just for people who know Jess, like she didn't need to have uh, a son with a terminal diagnosis to have people that just want to be around her. Like Jess is the kind of person that the energy she gives off is contagious and you need, you need to be around, you need people like Jess in your life and you need Jess in your life. So I just really remember that day she was, she was asking her village, um, to please step up. And like she said, you know, there were some people that, that did and other people that maybe didn't, but your village can shift a little bit through an experience like that. I'll keep talking because you just made Jess cry. And now I'm like <laughs> holding the puddle over here, Jody. Oh, she made me cry first. <laughs> um, to add to what Jess had said about, well, and you too, Jody, but stepping up and asking for help. Um, I was going to just um, further to Jess's other point of the shifts that may occur mm-hmm. and the flow that all of a sudden will happen, um, where you're feeling resistance in relationships that maybe aren't serving you at the time. And that's fine. There's the reasons, there's the seasons, there's the ebbs and flows with people. Um, don't worry about the obligations or, you know, if it's not feeling right, that's, it's okay to let things go for a little while and just take care of you and what you need. And I think that's a big one for 
for moms. Um, you just need to sit with somebody in the quiet times that you do get who understands, um, and you feel they get what you need at that time. And, um, don't, don't make yourself feel bad or shame spiral into not serving the relationships you used to have the energy for. Cause there's only so many hours in a day and only so much energy that we are in fact given except for Jess. Cause she's given a bit more. I'm trying <laughs> to soak up in this little room right now, but, um, it's okay. And I, I think that's such a great point because you know, what I see a lot, I have a lot of conversations with moms. And what I see a lot is that we try to force these relationships, because we do feel obligated to them. And then we go into the spiral of trying to make everyone happy. And we try to wear too many hats and do too many things. And that is just a negative space for your mindset, right? Because how do you, you can't do everything, you can do anything but you can't do everything, right? That's, it's too much. So we need to let go of some relationships and maybe embrace some new ones because things do change, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not even a let go, I think sometimes, and it's, it's just a pause, a pause, um, where you just need to shift for a little while, um, and go where it is serving you. Yes, I totally agree. Jess, are you are you okay to talk or oh, are you yeah. I left it there shed and you'll now hear me trying to keep the boogers in because no, it's not down my face. Yeah. Well, I mean your story is so powerful and I I think it's okay to cry. I mean I I often cry when I read your chapter or you know I follow your Instagram posts. But one thing you did say in your chapter that really stood out to me and I mean it's definitely a cryworthy quote, but you said in in Lewiston losing his life, I have found mine. Can you explain to our listeners just a little bit about how you pulled yourself out of the darkness and changed your mindset? Because you do it with such grace and and seemingly such ease. I mean, I'm sure it's not easy, but you know, how did you take something so so profound and change it into something so helpful for so many other people? Mm-hmm. I know that's a big question. Yeah, fully loaded. Um, I remember um, after you kind of come out of a bubble of, you know, decision-making, end-of-life care, funeral arrangements, and all of that, I mean, it's dark, it's scary, you're trying to process feelings and emotions, but I just made that commitment. I think if you do read my chapter, when you do read my chapter, chapter 10, I would encourage whoever is listening to this to read it in the comfort of your own home and not in a public space because (laughs) you probably will require tissue. I had a girlfriend read it at the pool in Mexico on a family trip and she's like, everyone was asking me who I was bawling and (laughs) tears running everywhere. Um, So yeah, read that in the comfort of your own home. But I think when we got out of that bubble for me, Um, it's so true. I said in losing Lewiston's life, I found mine. I think I had like chains and, um, some barriers and some like things that I actually believed to be true or would let hold me back. And, you know, I think you hear a lot about people having like a major life event happen that shifts their whole perspective. But for me, in losing Lewiston, I finally found the freedom that I had been searching for for such a long time that I let all of the negative lies that I kind of believe about myself, and they still creep into this day. It's a constant practice for me to speak that positive, you know, um, talk to myself and to believe those affirmations that I go over. But I was like, you get one shot at this, like one go. And I don't know how many days I have, but I want to live them really well. We made a conscious decision with Lewiston to be like, no matter how dark and how ugly this is, um, we're going to make it joyful. We're going to make the moments count. And now I think coming out of that, we still have have made that commitment as a family. Um, and then for me personally, that I don't want to just sit in bed and let life pass me by and have the curtains drawn. Like light is meant to be brought in. I'm meant to show um, other moms that there's joy after loss and that you truly get to choose what happens. And so my husband at the funeral, he said, your event plus your reaction will always equal your outcome. And whether that's in the loss of, um, you know, a child in, in how, you know, whatever comes and whatever cards are dealt your way. And so 
I just get up and I'm like, I'm going to make today count. I'm going to make today matter. I'm going to make Lewiston proud. And that's a really easy thing for me to do. And I know that there's so much work to be done. I, I believe I found my purpose. Um, and that is to inspire other people to live their life to the fullest. Um, that's in advocating for a cure and for treatment for SMA. And so I just don't want to stop. I don't want to live a life half ass like that's not for me. And so that's like that driving push. And I don't believe the the shit that I've told myself for years that I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not capable. I, I'll never be able to do this. Like I just speak into my life, all of the things that I want. And that's become like a daily practice for me to show up. And it doesn't mean that every day is easy. Trust me. I have my shit days. I let the negative stuff enter in. But I have a set of tools that I can go to where I'm like, okay, tough day. Put that in the books. Like tomorrow's a new day. The sun's going to rise and away we go. Tough day. Eat some donuts. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's <laughs> I had a really tough day two weeks ago. Yeah. And I shared it on Instagram. I'm working on a project with the hospice house where our son passed away. And I've been there many times. I've done grief counseling there with my husband. So it's not like this was the first time back. And we're working on a project to refresh the space. We've donated a ton and want to continue to give back to that area. But something just like hit me so raw and just brought me to my knees. There was the star ambulance and it's right beside the hospital and just all of the feelings flooded back in. And I tend to probably not cry for very long. I kind of suppress those feelings. I just don't like sitting in the sadness. Um, but I just let the tears roll. And that day I was craving gluten-free donuts and celiac. So I literally drove around the city for two hours <laughs> and sourced out gluten-free donuts. And I shoved my face full. And, you know, I let myself cry and have my pity party. And the next day, you know, I went to the gym and got back into my healthy routine. But yeah, you just, I, I'm listening to what my body needs and you, you reach out when you need help or you need somebody to walk alongside you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kristen, your chapter talks about another very difficult topic. Uh, you talk about miscarriage and, and loss in a different way. Um, I love how open you are in your chapter. Um, you did say, to quote you here, I had a miscarriage. So what? So did everyone else. And you start rhyming off people. For something so common, why why is it so uncommonly talked about? Do you, do you what what do you think that is? What's your reason for that? And what's one piece of advice or resource you would give moms dealing with this type of loss? Um, <clears throat> I think uh, honestly, a big reason I almost didn't do this project was because it felt so common to sit down and write about it. Um, I almost felt. <clears throat> you know, there's that negative self-talk, but unworthy of a topic that is so common that we're all taught to suck up, maybe even be quiet about and, uh, get back, get back at life. Um, I remember going back to work, something that really stood out to me was if I had had my appendix out, I, I had had, you know, a procedure and had to go about it that way and, um, needed a couple of days to recoup with some complications and, if I had had my appendix out, I know that all of my coworkers would have been checking in on me, but instead no one knew why I was gone. Um, and I didn't feel it was appropriate to tell them. And you just suffer in silence. It's the most misunderstood grief, I think, um, because it is this quiet, shaming silence. And my biggest piece of advice would be that a big part of my chapter is talking about after the storm, when you're finally comfortable talking about it always seems to be in hindsight or retrospect, but to actually open up when you're chartering those turbulent waters is really difficult, but you can tap into a goldmine of pain that a lot of people are in fact feeling. Um, if you take that step towards uh, the topic and towards people who, because it is so common, have experienced it as well. And my other um, piece of advice that I learned through experience much to how I began this and that I didn't want to do the chapter because it was so common is to understand that 
grief and pain should never be compared. It doesn't live on a scale. It's not a pie graph that Jess gets a bigger piece of the pie. I, I mean, obviously, I would sit and compare myself to what Jess has been through, but it doesn't work that way. Everybody's pain is valid. Um, grief is grief. grief exactly. And, um, and how you deal with it, of course, um, is up to you as well. And to be respectful of that, but just know that what you're feeling is valid and it's okay and you're allowed to feel it and you don't have to put a timeline on it. And to give that compassion and kindness to yourself is really going to allow you. And, and not just with losing a baby. This is on every realm in the spectrum of any sort of pain is just to show yourself some compassion about it and not put a timeline on it. You have to feel to heal. And to add to that, just because ironically enough, Kristen and I are hosting, um, it's called the Tiny Footprints Gala, and it's in honor of pregnancy and infant loss. I think a lot of people don't realize the resources there are for miscarriage and for um, pregnancy loss. Um, I know here in Calgary, we have amazing counseling programs um, that this fundraiser gives back to ensure that there's counselors available, you know, um, without having a big big uh, therapist available to attach to them. Like my therapist is like $215 an hour. And you're like, <laughs> sometimes you're like, Oh, do I really need to book that? Or can I get a new pair of shoes? Um, and so sorry, that's just reality. My head goes to, can I get new shoes? Um, but I think there's these amazing resources mm-hmm. that people tend not to go to because especially I, I have not had a miscarriage. Um, so I'm not sure what that's like, but I know just like dealing with loss, I believe loss is loss whenever it comes. Um, and there's like these incredible counseling programs and people just tend to fluff it off like, Oh, whatever. Like, so did, you know, my aunt or whoever have a miscarriage, but to reach out into your community and to see what there is and to talk about it. Cause it's not as dark when you're with it, with other people walking through it. Yeah. And I think talking about it is the key that we all keep going back to, right? Just sharing your story, sharing your voice, knowing like that's what we do at YGT Mama, right? Is just to show moms that they're not alone and whether or not, you know, they've lost a child or had a miscarriage, you know, just knowing that there's people out there that are brave enough and strong enough, like the three of you to share your story. I know they find so much comfort in that. I've had so many reach outs and just people moved and inspired and total life changer for them with this book and with your chapters. So, so thanks again for sharing your story so authentically and so beautifully. Jody, your story too gives me chills. You speak about destiny and how things are, things sort of happen the way they're meant to happen, even when it doesn't really feel that way, right? When you're in the thick of it, it certainly doesn't feel like this is happening for a reason sometimes. Would you have any advice for moms, sort of how they can shift their belief and mindset that are maybe doubting this concept of destiny? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think in in writing this chapter and, and sort of the lesson I learned in life is that it was, it was really tough for me. I didn't have kids till I was 42. And for two decades, I was on this mission to be a mom and to be a parent and everything else in my life I could control. I could control what kind of job I got, what kind of education I got, you know, what sports I played, who my friends were, where I traveled to. And so, and I could work for things that I wanted, you know, if I, if I had a goal, but the one thing that I could never get was motherhood. And it was just such an elusive um, dream of mine just it never really came to reality. And I tried in several relationships and I found that I was always trying to make sure that the partner I chose had the same agenda and the same timeline as me. And when that didn't work out, I would just feel like so out of control and so depressed and so sad. And why can't I get the one thing that I want more than anything in the world, everything else I can get, why can't I get this? So I think at the end of the day, like it took me a long time to learn this, but if I can help other women learn this a lot sooner in life, it was to really let go of trying to control it and um, make different decisions that um, would lead to just allowing my destiny or, you know, you've still got to do things in order to reach it, but just kind of let it unfold how it's supposed to. So 
Stop trying to control everything. Stop trying to control the other person who is the equation in this. And when I finally did that, my world turned around. Like the universe gave me everything I wanted the minute that I learned the lesson, which was stop trying to control everything and everyone to be what you need them to be to become a parent. So, um, yeah, I made a big decision in my life, which was, okay, I am going to do this on my own. I know that that might be the only way that I can ever become a parent. And then, you know, I, I I would feel like my purpose was, was actually, um, validated once that happened and not everybody will get that opportunity. I understand that, but for women who want it really badly, like there, there is a way and let go of the control and let it be a little bit. And as soon as I did that and I kind of put it out there to the universe, it, it came back to me in spades two at the same time, which is, which is a blessing and it's kind of cruel as well. (laughs) Okay. You wanted it. Here you go. Don't sleep for the next two years. (laughs) And that, and that was torture. But I mean, now that they're three, the light is at the end of the tunnel and it's, it's very rewarding, but it's amazing how, when you just shift your mindset a little bit and um, make some changes into the way that you, um, try and control every aspect of your life, then things will start to unfold as they should. I'm seeing that as a big theme lately, um, the whole concept of surrender. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a huge one, especially in all things motherhood, right? Things don't often go according to plan. No, and I think you need to kind of surrender on a daily basis when you're a mom mm-hmm. because you, you can't make a one-year-old or a two-year-old or even a three-year-old do what you want them to do in the time frame that you need them to do it. <laughs> so you you do need to surrender a lot. And I, you know, the number of times I text the girls at the office and say, I'm going to be late because of the kids. <laughs> it's, um, it's an excuse. But sometimes you just have to surrender to that and, and put them first and and cater to their needs. Yeah, totally. So what's next ladies? So I know that be love is out in the world, Kristen, and I know Jess, you're raising all kinds of money for the love for Lewiston foundation and you're doing heaps and bounds for the Alberta children's hospital and Jody, you just entered the entrepreneur world. Like tell me a little bit about what's, what's next for you ladies. I'd love to just hear about what you have going on and we will add links in the show notes to all of the fun stuff that you tell us about. Well, I'm just, uh, Kristen here. I'll go first. Here I go. Um, I've been for the last couple of months working with, um, a former NHL player, Olympic gold medalist, Stanley Cup winner. Um, I don't know if you've read Playing With Fire, but Theron Fleury's first book was All the Darkness. And he is officially yesterday 13 years sober. And this book is his light. This is all of the tools that have saved him. And I think it's going to help save a lot of people. So he wore number 14. It's a little cheesy, but it just worked that there are 14 steps. His, uh, um, philosophies that we're walking through. And I mean, it's everything from gut health, but to what we've talked about a lot today from, um, self-forgiveness, uh, and we will sit together and hammer away at the keyboard. And I, I always leave inspired and excited for, for what we're creating together. So, that's that's coming down the pipe and I'm I'm pregnant with baby number well you can kind of say 3 but it's two on earth yeah my hat trick baby that it's it perks works perfectly I always need deadlines so this book needs to be finished by the time this baby comes uh, March 1st so the, I'm, I'm dealing with the most intense deadline you know you really can't stretch those I'll go I'll go next um <laughs> And I think you're up to amazing things and you're balancing be love and, and rocking that, which is so great. Um, and such an incredible kid's book. It's one of my favorite to read to my daughter. Uh, we are currently as a foundation, uh, working to raise. So for this year, our goal was 200,000. We've hit that. Um, and it's only September. And so we're going to drive for $250,000 and that money goes back into Alberta Children's Hospital, but also goes back into helping families with SMA as well as like uh, imperative 
research. I just met a little boy on the weekend that got some gene therapy in Ohio. And um, he probably wouldn't have made his first birthday either. He showed signs at three weeks old, which is really early. The earlier you detect um, this muscle weakening, um, typically the sooner uh, death comes because um, the nerves just aren't reproducing and communicating to those muscles. So some amazing research to have that kind of continue on. And so we're pushing to advocate that. We meet with government um, and members of parliament to really push for some of the work that really needs to happen here in Canada as um, accessing treatment is become very difficult and it's extremely sad. So that's really important. And for me, I am also working on a book my own personal book. I put in uh, the book when we published it that it would launch in fall 2018. That was like a self-imposed deadline. And then life happened. And um, the foundation is incredible, um, but it's way more work than I always anticipate. Yeah. And she doesn't pay herself. Yeah. Yeah. My husband's like, you haven't made money in three years. I was like, oh, right. About that. He's like, you're the hardest working person I know that makes no money. Um, And so it's been on my heart too. Um, write this book. And so I have a deadline for myself as well. And we have this like incredible clothing line that I'm really proud of that's locally made. Um, I do the patterns and the designs and it's meant for kind of like everyday mom wear. My favorite right now is our zip up hoodie. I took three of my favorite hoodies and took the best parts of all of them and made them into my own. Um, and that's just meant to raise awareness as well as spread um, Lewiston's message. So I have a lot of moving parts. My husband sometimes thinks I have too many, which maybe he's right. Um, but I believe that they all tie back in together, um, which is that message of bring the joy and be the joy. Um, and so a lot of crazy things, whether or not my book gets done by my imposed deadline is uh, yet to be seen, but I'm just chipping away at one thing at a time. And I feel thankful that I'm healthy and able to do the things that I'm doing. Bring the joy and look good doing it in, <laughs> in LFL apparel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got to order my hoodie. It's honestly, I guarantee you, you will live in it. I wore mine so much that I, I bought myself another one. I took it from the inventory because I was like, I can't not have it. Once you put it on, you're just like, how was I missing this in my wardrobe before this? Oh, I love it. And Kristen, congratulations. I don't know what happened to my sound earlier, but congratulations on, on baby number three. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm done with the pukey stage, so now I can just uh, <laughs> grind out the second trimester and get, get as much done as I can. Oh, good for you. And then Jody, what's what's happening with Jody in the next, you know, one year, six months, five years? Jody from the book. Yeah. Well, nothing quite as benevolent as these two, but. Um, Uh, Four months ago, I opened up a business and it's been my dream always to be an entrepreneur and, but to do something that also either empowered women or helped them feel their best or restored confidence. And this kind of just made so much sense for me, but we opened up an injectables clinic and I think really we're in the business of, um, allowing women to take control of their aging process and not feel ashamed about that and to feel confident and more beautiful and, and fresh and bright and just help them restore some of what they might feel they're missing. And, um, it was really interesting. We had a a lady come in today who's gone through breast cancer and had a complete, um, breast reconstruction. And she's like, you know, I, I deserve this. I deserve to feel, like myself and I deserve to feel beautiful and all these things. And, you know, to be able to create and help women feel that way is, is it's pretty cool. And it makes me feel really proud that we're helping restore women's um, youth and, and confidence and feel beautiful. And so when they walk out into the world that, you know, they, they feel, they feel amazing. So that's, yeah, so it's just starting a new business and growing the business and creating awareness and and um, spreading that message to women and empowering women. Yeah, and I think I'm I'm just going to take on to what Jody said here. Um, I think I'm a pretty natural like whatever kind of you are, and I was like so against um, like Botox and like injections and what that all meant. But I think Jody's business, um, Jody asked me to come in. She's like, Hey, would you be a model for some pictures? And I was like, Jody, like I'd never do Botox anyways. Um, I do Botox now. You can see how amazing my forehead looks on Instagram. Follow me at JS Jansen. Yes, that is a shameless plug for me. Um, 
But I think like in the reality of it, I don't really believe in it and what Jody's business does. So for all you mamas who are maybe like poo-pooing against it and like, oh, that's, I, I think for me, it's helped me feel more confident and to, I want to um, age gracefully and the confidence that it's given me, I probably wear less makeup and I just feel better about myself. Um, I think a lot of us moms, a lot of moms don't talk about it and secretly do it. And I'm like so open. So it's like, hey, I got some Botox. My forehead looks better, <laughs> feeling good and feeling confident. And so if you feel that that's what you need to do as a mom, it's probably one of the best investments that you'll make. I love that. I haven't, I haven't done it yet, but I, I'm not against it. <laughs> questions just for fun and to also give our, our listeners some some tips on you know just what other moms are doing out there not for comparison's sake but just you know because we all have our little quirks and our fun little things so it's a way to you know get people to know you a little better so the first question is what is your morning routine i'll start because nobody else is <laughs> Um, so I read, uh, Miracle Morning in January of this past year, and it was a game changer for me because as a mom, I always struggle with like, when do I get time to myself where I'm like, Oh, I just want like an hour to myself. So I usually get up between five and 6am. Um, five thirty is kind of my magic number. I make a French press and I head down to my office or to my couch and I start with like a devotional and a prayer. Um, and just some time um, to journal and to um, like list my gratitude things and to list out my goals so that I'm writing them and keeping at the forefront of my mindset. And once I've downed one or two good cups of, of my coffee, um, usually my daughter's starting to get up about 7.30. Um, and then we just kind of tackle the day from there. She just started preschool now, which is awesome. So I'm having to like try and get creative with lunches and make sure that gets out the door. Um, but I really try to create that morning time um, for myself. Sometimes it involves a workout um, first thing, but I really love going down to my desk and just sitting in silence and sipping on a hot coffee and, uh, you know, journaling and having that quiet time to myself. It's super huge for me. Weird. My day starts with a coffee too, but more than anything, um, uh, well, I know Jess, and I know that Jess decided she was going to seize her moments. I called it, what did I call it, Jess? That you were just making day, like just creating more hours in the day. And that's what you mm-hmm. have to do. Um, something I learned really early on in motherhood is that you have to take some time for yourself before you are giving to another. So that means getting up before your baby. So I make a point of doing that now as well. Um, Jess and I are part of a goal setting group. And uh, I set a goal to not have my phone in my room for a month. It changed yeah, my life. I thought it would help with sleep and really what ended up happening, it helped with my head space in the morning because I'm not getting splatted at. I don't look at my phone in the morning. Um, it's actually quite a long time before I'll even look at my phone. So I, I make a coffee. I'm actually writing a book right now. So um, same thing as just, just sit down um, and bang away, bang away at the keys, try and get some words in before I start hearing someone singing up in her room and I don't look at her. So... Mm. And I've just realized I totally need to take a leaf out of both of your books because I don't have any of that morning time to myself and I'm so jealous and so envious. Um, but I'm more of a, a nighttime time to myself routine. As long as my kids are in bed and my husband goes to bed and I've got my bottle of wine and my box of chocolate and <laughs> my PDF bachelor or bachelor in paradise. That's, that's my mama time. But you know, I need to get up and start taking advantage of the day and being more introspective and, and I need to read this book Jess because that, that I think that's a total game changer and uh, I, I yeah I would love to be but more Julia, like can't that. drink well I mean you can drink wine in the morning but you wouldn't be able to eat all of the sugar that I know you're craving so it makes sense for you yeah. to have in the evening mm, but then I wouldn't be able to drive to work so <laughs> you have to save the wine for just about to go to bed <laughs> uh, uh, I definitely, I also have read The Miracle Morning and I followed that routine for a really long time. I think it's fabulous. And there's ways to do it, you know, in a, in a very short period of time. There's even like a six minute version of The Miracle Morning. So yeah, it doesn't have to be a long drawn out process that, you know, has too many steps and is too difficult to achieve. So um, I think you got to just make it your own, right? Yeah. Like I do the things that are important for me. Um, the silence part and meditation, if I close my eyes, I fall back asleep. 
So I do, I skip that step altogether because I tried it a couple of times and I found myself an hour later passed it on my chair or, or on the couch sleeping with jewel coming out of my mouth. So truly make like your morning your own and what works for you. And that's really changed, uh, been a game changer for me. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, so next question for some kind of fun. If time, money, and scheduling were not an issue, what is an item on your bucket list that you would like to check off? I'll take it. I would love to be able to take my kids to an orphanage in Africa and live with them for a couple of weeks. Mm, love that. I think that would just give them so much perspective on the world. And uh, I don't want them to grow up feeling, you know, any sense of entitlement, but just so much awareness um, of the rest of the world and, and an educated experience like that, I think would be one of the best things. And hopefully I get to do that sometime when I have time and money. <laughs> For sure. I, I honestly, and I'm just having my own little moment right here, sipping on tea. I, I think I'm, for the first time ever, I just, I think I'm doing it. I think I, I've been able to carve out some time and, uh, and, and write, and that's what I've wanted to do. Um, I don't really have, I need to maybe dream a little bit bigger, but I feel like I've, I've hit it right now. So yeah, I just, I think a little bit of time for yourself. I'm falling back in love with me after, like I said, you just are so giving of uh, a tiny human in that first year. So uh, I think you get a new perspective of what you really need. And sometimes all you need is just a hot cup of tea. So yeah, lame answer, but really I'm coming back to being able to just do and enjoy the simplest things. I love it. Back to basics, baby. <laughs> Mine's probably similar to Jody's. If I had like an uh, unlimited bank account, I would for sure want to take my parents on a crazy trip with my family. And mine was probably um, going back to South Africa. I have some family there. Um, and I think it's just such a beautiful place. But if I like really could, I'd get on like one of the nicest cruise ships that there ever were, or, like charter a private yacht and like travel around the world and hit all the countries and all the spots. Mm-hmm. I'm really going like fun. real big. Yeah. And like, I'm talking like massage on the deck. I'm talking people are bringing food. Like I can dream really big here, people. So yeah, <laughs> give me an unlimited budget and I can make an awesome trip happen. I love it. What about one parenting hack you cannot live without? This can be a product, a rule, an item, anything. Just one an thing. iPad completely changed your mother's <laughs> iPad. An <laughs> iPad to distract my children. <laughs> I couldn't live without it. Not with twin boys that are. Twins. No, I was going to say with twins, it's a whole other story. You've got two that are into the same things at the same time, doing everything. Oh, yeah, we might have to have a follow-up podcast because I, I mean, my daughter's still younger, and I've. I've been devout, no screen time. And I'm sure if we did a follow up one year from now, I'd be answering just like Jody. <laughs> yeah. Totally. When you've got your hands full with two kids, I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> Jess, what's yours? Oh, I don't know. I think it changes for all the stages of life. Like I remember when Swayze was parents age, Kristen's little girl, I was like obsessed with the squeezy snacker. It like was a no spill proof, like smoothie bottle that you could like put anything, yogurt, smoothies in it, never spilled, bring into the car. It was like the most brilliant contraption. That was like my one mom hack. Then it was like a bib for a while. And now honestly, I think for me, um, because I'm such a go, go, go person for me, my one thing that I can't live without that I'm really working hard on his patience. Um, I want everything now and happening and like, why aren't you loaded into the car and how complicated is it? We do this every day and I'm a better mom and Swayze is better and happier when I'm just like chill and patient and allow for their, like those graceful things to just let life unroll. So for me, mine would be patience. My mom hacks. I always get worried about child service coming to my door. (laughs) As you guys know, but it really happened by accident a little while ago that, uh, I parent didn't finish her bottle and I left it in the crib and, um, I don't know, about six hours later she woke up and normally when a mom would be getting up to make a bottle and bring it to the room, I noticed on the monitor she found it and she was drinking it. (laughs) And I know so many moms who, this is not okay, but in, in our house, we've been doing this for a while now and baby ain't been sick once. So I don't know what's going to happen down the road, but (laughs) 
discovery was the greatest mom hack of all. So sometimes before I go to bed, I'll give her a fresh bottle. Um, and then I go to sleep and it's there for her whenever, whenever she wakes up. And I think, like you said, Jess, it's stages and phases because we're finally um, hallelujah through that one. Um, she, she doesn't need it anymore. She can just sleep through. She's got the fat to, to hold her through. But um, that was a really nice discovery. <laughs> Whichever way you can get sleep, you just make it happen as a mom. Yeah, yeah. Yep. absolutely. Totally. Okay, so we're, we're just going to ask one more question because this podcast episode is about mindset and, you know, we've talked a little bit about how self-care is important and mom time is important. And it's so true. I mean, we've all heard that you, you know, you can't fill from an empty cup. So we need to fill ourselves up first. And there's the, the law about putting your, your own oxygen mask on before anybody else's, right? You know where I'm going with this. <laughs> so what's one self-care ritual or practice that you would recommend to other moms? Something that's, you know, helped you. We talked a little bit about the miracle morning routine, but what's one thing that you find helps center you and bring you back down when you're in those moments of impatience or you find yourself getting stressed or you find yourself, you know, slipping into whatever it is, whether it's yelling or, you know, freaking out or just like overwhelm all of those feelings that we get as moms, you know, stress, depression, isolation, resentment, the repetition of it all. What do you do to sort of bring yourself back? I'll Jody? start. Yeah. Oh, go Jess. <laughs> Sorry. Um, for me, it's um, clear as day. It's exercise. It's like one of my number one things that like my husband even knows if I haven't worked out for a couple of days, he's like, you need to go and get your workout in. Like I've got things covered, go leave the house, like get sweaty. Cause you come back a totally different person. Um, and a lot of times I do that with a bunch of my girlfriends or a bunch of my mom friends or whatever it is, is that you meet and you're kind of hitting two birds with one stone that you can catch up and have a quick visit before or after the workout. You can vent, you can share funny stories. You can be like, ah, my kids are driving me crazy or, you know, oh, this is the coolest thing that, you know, Swayze and I did this week. And I find that really keeps me um, just on a better path to being more joyful, more focused, more patient, um, and more present for, for my family. Mm -hmm. I, I would say I'm 100% couldn't have said it better than Jess. And I've tried so many other things, but the, the one thing that just brings me back down and grounds me and allows me to, I think, look at things differently and to be a better partner, friend and mother is, is sweating and just going out there. So if, if I don't have, if I can't get to a spin class, then I just usually get my running shoes on and I will listen to Fit Radio. Coach Jess is crazy. <laughs> I'll put her in my ear and I run and I just run as hard as she tells me to. <laughs> and honestly, I just, it, it's like, I'm a different person. I feel like I can have, I can be Jekyll and Hyde before I go for my run and I come back and I'm, I'm a completely calm, sane, I can deal with anything now kind of mom. Yeah. Yeah, sorry to be the parrot. I'm going to be a parrot on that one too because I will regurgitate and repeat that that is 100% it. And it blows my mind sitting here right now. And I just want to slap myself that it is, it just seems like the first thing that you can let slip away, um, you know, and plan around or cancel. Um, and, uh, realizing now just how how important it is and I, I think I see it with my mom and I see it with um, a lot of moms they they push it off and um, it really is something that should be prioritized is uh, it's not just sweating it's it's moving your body it's waking yourself back up and being alive in yourself and uh, it is 100% um, for you but um, the spillover it is something you're doing for your children to for them to be able to see you choose yourself uh, in such a healthy, active mm -hmm. way. No, I love that. I'm a big fan of exercise too. Mind you, it is the one thing that's sort of hit the back burner for me, but we're just right. And I can do it. It's like that, that you think like, of course you're going to make dinner because your kids are involved in that. Or there's all of these things that, yeah, you'll do, but, um, it really needs to be up there. I'd say in the top three for yourself. Mm -hmm. And one, one word, what's your, your go-to exercise? Is it yoga? Is it Pilates? Is it strength training, jogging, switching it up? 
for me right now, um, I really like hip opening. I really enjoyed going to, to bar. There's some incredible studios here in Calgary. Um, but also because, uh, I am four months pregnant again. Well, yeah, I guess I'm pregnant again. So, um, (laughs) lower impact, just all the deep squats. It feels so good. So yeah, that's what I've been doing a lot of. Jess, what about you? I see that. I know you're a fitness instructor, so there's probably more than one thing that you do, but yeah, and we're spoiled rotten in Calgary with amazing boutique fitness studios. But for me right now, um, my jam is Legree. It's a kind of, I say Pilates on steroids, but um, I have a super bad hip injury and um, I love running so therapeutic. But for me, Pilates, it's like I go two times a week. It's like mindset meditation and there's no impact and like you get freaking strong. So um, I just, I love that workout right now. And I love hitting the bar class too. So those are my two go-tos right now. Amazing. Okay, well, I'm going to cut you guys off, and I'm going to ask one more question because I think it's the most important question of all, and I don't want to go over time. But one piece of advice that you would give to moms that you wish somebody had told you before having kids, before getting pregnant, you know, that mostly pertains to mindset. You know, what is one piece of advice you could give the mamas out there on how to stay positive, how to how to keep going? We know exercise is one. Mm-hmm. I think don't sweat the small stuff. Uh, you know, I, I have, I think I've learned as a mom that my, um, I have a shorter fuse than I thought I'd ever have. <laughs> but um, I think when you continue to try and remind yourself that this isn't that important and don't sweat small stuff and choose your battles and let a lot of stuff go and just have a lot more patience. Like I, I don't have as much patience as I really thought I would have. And when you're in the thick of it and you're really, really sleep deprived or really hungry and you just feel like you've had no time to yourself, it's so easy to just um, lose your patience very quickly with your kids and the people closest to you. So I think it's like, take Jess taught me this on the weekend maybe you know teaching your kids to take three deep breaths but maybe teach yourself to take three deep breaths and then just put it into perspective and how important is it and breathe through it and yeah just don't sweat the small stuff anymore I love that so true Mm -hmm. I think for me that I needed to let go of my old life and accept my new life. I tend to operate at a very high, fast pace. Like my husband jokes that he's been exhausted since he met me, um, <laughs> like almost 10 years ago. He's like, you know what exhausting it is being married to you? He's like, no one can keep up to you. And I had the same expectations that my to-do list that was like 35 things long should still be getting done when I'm a mom. And the most important job is is to be a mom and a wife to um, to my amazing family. And that's really hard for me because that isn't quantifiable sometimes where you can't cross it off a list, like where you're like, I was an awesome mom today. Like, you know, I'm like, some, so it's like what's all the things that I can do and, and be and, and da, da, da. And so learning that, um, I can let go of that and just to slow down and that being a mom some days is totally enough. And it's okay if I don't have a to-do list to cross off and I don't get all of the things done. Um, because I'm raising a human being and that is such a gift in itself. Well said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with Jess and we've talked about this so much that uh, I had a really hard time making space for parent and that I didn't want to lose myself and what I had worked so hard to achieve in myself um, and what I did and gave to the world. Um, so to shift that, um, you, you need to make space. Um, so to make space for my daughter, much like Jess said, I, I just think that it, it, it is enough. Being a mom is enough. Some days just staying home or walking to the park uh, is enough and you can throw your to-do list out. And, and that's okay because I'm sure you've heard it, but I have to remind myself and I'm experiencing it finally that the days are so long, but yeah, the years are so short. It makes my heart just, it just breaks my heart. So yeah, that would be the big one. The, the days are really long sometimes and uh, yeah. the years are so short. Absolutely. 
Oh, that's great advice, ladies. Well, thank you so, so much for hopping on this call with me today. It's amazing. You are all just so inspirational and such wonderful human beings. I'm so grateful I get to be in the presence of you in any capacity. So thank you so, so much. And if there's anything else you wanted to add, please feel free. But otherwise, we will let you get back to your your to-do lists and your momming duties. <laughs> no, thank thanks you. for having us. Uh, thanks for creating this platform, Sabrina. I hope, uh, I hope it helps a lot of people. I hope so too. Thank you guys. Bye, Sabrina. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sabrina Greer, your host, and you've been listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast. You can follow us at YGT Mama and join our conversation on Instagram and Facebook. To get more information on the stories we share here, our books, the blog, our community, head on over to www.ygtmama.com. You can also access the show notes. If you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your daily listen and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us so much and we value every single review. We also have a special gift for our subscribers. I would like to thank our production team and Megan Krampotich, our producer, for making this happen. Thank you so much to all of you for giving us your ear and tune in next week. In the meantime, please, please remember, Mama, you've got this.